0: If you've been teaching for a while, or even if this is like your first year, you've probably heard that November begins a very unique stage in the school calendar of burnout. You see, we go from this anticipation of the new school year in July and August, and we move straight into survival season from around September to October. Then towards the end of October to around April, or spring break, the longest period of time of the school year, we are stuck in a very yucky phase called Disillusionment. They used to say that this was only for first year teachers, but the truth is, so many teachers began to recognize that they experienced this year after year after year that it just became known as the burnout school year calendar. And so, if you're in this phase of feeling like, ugh, or like you, Want to know what other things you can do with a teaching degree, even though you swear you love teaching? You are definitely going to want to listen to this episode. And we're kicking off a brand new series all about simplification and systemization to help reduce that overwhelm and burnout. So you can consider this kind of like a pre series episode. In this episode, we are going to talk about the disillusionment phase that we all hit sometime within the school year, how we can take action to really fast track this or even skip it altogether with one simple shift. And then the five areas that make the most impact in this shift with some things that you can start doing today and get back to loving what you do. So if you're headed towards thoughts of, is this even worth it? Or why did I choose this career? You're definitely going to want to stick around. So let's get into it. Hey, teacher friends, welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, your one-stop shop for beating the teacher burnout cycle once and for all. Whether you're searching for inspiration, sustainable strategies, ways to reignite your passion for teaching, or just how to live your best teacher life without sacrificing your personal life, you are in the right place. No cookie cutter solutions here, just real, raw experiences and tips from other teachers who've been there, done that, to remind you, you are not alone. I'm Brittany, your host, a special educator at heart, instructional coach, mom slash bonus mom of five kids, and teacher burnout and sustainability strategist with my agency, Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul. I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize burnout prevention and recovery so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life inside and outside of the classroom. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, and discussing the hot topics in teacher burnout with other teachers so that you can transform your life from chaos to confidence. On this podcast, we believe in supporting and uplifting one another to heal the system from the inside out. So let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. Before we get into this episode, I want to let you guys know that we are starting a series all about simplification and systemization, and really diving into ways to automate, delegate, and really eliminate those stressors in our classroom and our schools so that we can actually love teaching again. Now, this series is for those of you who have identified a significant stressor being just not enough time to actually enjoy life outside of work, or you're struggling to really balance all of that, those of you who find that the overwhelming amount of work is just way too much, or if you've even taken the burnout recovery roadmap quiz at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash quiz and got a roadmap to really systemize and simplify. So whether you're looking to reclaim your work-life balance or reduce the daily grind, or you've already taken the quiz and you're just ready to take some actionable steps, this series that we are going into is going to support you in that way. So if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, make sure you hit that follow on your favorite pod player so that you never miss another episode. And if you're feeling extra excited, I would love for you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts because it helps the podcast algorithm do its thing and it helps more teachers find this resource when they need it the most. Plus, it means like a lot to me to see which episode you love and that you're really enjoying the podcast. So when we look at the Teacher Burnout School calendar, from the end of October to November, we move from this survival phase into disillusionment. And that's where you start to really lose your faith or start to ask yourself, is this even worth it? Come on, give me a hands up if you feel like you've ever said that. And if we think about this in terms of stress, when we've been in survival mode, our nervous system is overcompensating. And so it's really natural that the energy that we've been using and the cortisol and the adrenaline that's been coursing through our veins, it kind of runs out of ammo. So that kind of leads us to feeling a little down in the dumps. Some people call this like the winter blues or things like that. So how do you navigate this phase successfully? How do we get some relief so that we can continue? We can do our best jobs, live our best lives inside and outside the classroom. Well, it begins with acknowledging that you are in this phase of the year and realizing you're not alone. Okay. My personal key to thriving despite disillusionment and really worry is focusing on the knowledge that if I'm fearing something, if I'm stressing about something, countless other people are too. I am not the only one. I'm not some magical unicorn who is feeling like crap. There are other people out there who are also struggling. So when mental health issues spring up, well, someone else is had to contend with that, too. I mean, I read the Britney Spears memoir, and I really connected with a lot of what she said, but just in a different context. That super rowdy class or that feeling like there's way too much to do and too little time to get it done, there's another teacher probably right next door to you that is also dealing with that. There is a reason this is a calendar of burnout. If I'm struggling with leadership decisions, you better believe that countless other teachers are, too. Although we can't control everything, the policies that are created for us as teachers, the students that we have in our classrooms, more than ever, it's time for us to focus on what we can control, what we do for ourselves and how we relate to our coworkers, our students, and our communities. And I'm gonna throw this out here saying I'm okay is one of the biggest cop outs. When someone asks you, How are you? and you say, I'm okay. We all know you're not okay. Sometimes you're just not. And so admitting this is an expression of your humanity and it contributes to the health of everybody around you. Our society is geared towards looking the part, like strong, resilient, fashionable, whatever. I think these qualities are excellent, but we gain more strength and more resiliency when we can admit to those moments that we feel weak. Because I think for a very long time, Teachers didn't say that they weren't okay. They just, they kept powering through. And I think that led to some misconceptions about how much teachers could or should really take. And so while I'm definitely not saying let's have a bash fest or vomit negativity, let's be real. Let's be authentic. If you are not okay, say so. Because I guarantee you that you saying it out loud, there are 50 more teachers right behind you who are like, oh, I guess I'm, I'm not the only one. And there's power in that, in being human. So once you've really done that and you have seen, hey, I'm not alone in this feeling of overwhelm, you can start to begin to question what to do about it. Whatever circumstances you're faced with in your classroom right now, that's your reality. But what you say to yourself about these circumstances, that is what makes all the difference in the world. So let me say that again. What you say to yourself About those circumstances is what makes all the difference in the world. I've talked about this before, but this really goes back to external and internal locuses of control or loci of control. I'm never really sure how to plural that. That's not even a verb, but whatever. We can't control externally what's going on, okay? We can control internally what is going on. And so we want to shift our focus to our internal locus of control, where our thoughts, our beliefs, and our actions shape our reality. Here's the deal. When we experience nervous system dysregulation, we need control. When we're empowered by our own actions and the control that we have, our sense of agency, this helps us prevent those feelings of helplessness that disillusionment stirs up. You are better equipped to overcome challenges when you take the reins. Now, this isn't about being a control freak. It's about being proactive and about safeguarding your well-being. You shift from being a passive victim of burnout to an active driver of change in your professional and your personal life. Regaining control boosts your confidence. When you see that your actions and your decisions have a positive impact, it's going to reaffirm that belief in your abilities as a teacher. And while we can't control what students were given, what policies are being made, I truly believe that the things that we do take control over that Those make the biggest impact on shifting that climate and that impacts our external forces. As we start to regain control, we see changes in the system as a whole. And I can hear some of you right now, there is nothing in my control. I can't do anything. That's not true. Do not downplay your power in this, okay? There are five things that we can take control over right now that can make a huge impact on this disillusionment phase. Number one is to control your time. You can't control what time your day begins or what time your day ends. That's kind of set up for you. Most of us don't get to choose our planning time or any of that. So those are external things that we may not can have control over, but we can control what we do with it. We can control what we prioritize. We can identify our most important tasks and we can prioritize those. We can say, you know what? I can't control that they're going to make these kids take the standardized test, but I can control that I prioritize that my students are just making growth some type of growth, some type of progress, you don't have to put the emphasis on that test. You don't have to put your worth as an educator in the hands of that standardized test. We all know we don't even get those scores back until those kids have moved on most times, right? But if we prioritize those things that make the biggest impact for kids, our attention to them, our authenticity in the classroom, our excitement about what we're teaching, I can guarantee you that those scores will naturally come up. They really will. We may not control that they give us 40 minutes of planning time, which is stupid if I'm completely honest. Who can get anything done in that amount of time? No one. Like I said, if you feel like, dang, I can't get it all done in a 40-minute plan period, you can bet your lucky flare pen that there are a hundred million other teachers who are also feeling like that. But what we can control is how we use that time. You can have a specific schedule of when you get those tasks done. Can you control that there are way too many tasks? Absolutely not. But you can set some boundaries. You can say, this is the time that I'm gonna work on school stuff. Maybe you do work a couple of hours before or after school, but that's your choice. That is within your control. I know there's gonna be a teacher out there right now who's saying, Brittany, I can't control that. I have to do that work. No, you don't. That doesn't make you a better teacher. That does not make you a more effective, more efficient teacher if you're prioritizing what is important to you and if you're prioritizing what makes the biggest impact for your kids. You are setting some unrealistic expectations on yourself, thinking that you have to do it all. And so, if it's important to you that you leave at three o'clock on the dot, then be honest with yourself. It's all about recognizing that there is a limit to what we can achieve in a day. And if you are being hounded by your administration, Ask them how they would go about getting all these tasks done in the limited amount of time that you have, okay? By prioritizing what truly matters and focusing on what makes the biggest impact for our students, we can regain control over our workload. So if you're like, grading is important, assessing is important, planning is important, okay, that's fine. That does make a big impact for our students, but we have to go about it more efficiently. We could group those tasks into pillars and then we can stick those pillars into specific days and time block that so that you have a method for maintaining that focus and preventing those distractions or multitasking. Because if you're grouping unlike tasks together, that's not efficient. You cannot access flow state by doing unlike tasks together in a short amount of time. If you need help with this idea, go back to episodes 67 or 47, where we talk about this a little bit more in depth. One of the tools that I have been using to help me with this is called AccuFlow, okay? And so I'm kind of throwing some automation in there for you. And I'll put the link for this in the show notes, or you can head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash Akiflow, A-K-I-F-L-O-W. But it basically puts any of my meetings and my time blocks into a calendar so that I can add tasks from my to-do list, and I can just drag and drop the task to an open slot in my calendar. It can also turn your tasks into calendar events that protects your time for doing that deep work. Teachers say all the time, my to-do list is never ending, and so I got to throw this in here too. Stop putting everything on your to-do list. If there is a reoccurring task, stop putting that on your to-do list. That's a reoccurring task. That's like checking emails, writing papers, preparing materials, and it shouldn't constantly clutter your to-do list. And instead, what you need to do is have a dedicated time block in your schedule for that reoccurring task, okay? This is going to turn that into an automatic and automated task. Those extra things that come up, those go on your to-do list, and you can control what you put on that list and if it's a priority. You have full control over what makes it onto that list, and you can assess each task for its level of importance and even urgency. This way, you're ensuring that your energy and your focus are directed towards the most meaningful and impactful activities. The second thing that you have control over is your classroom environment. You can control what your environment is like. Can you control that the air conditioner broke? No but you can control your climate. You can control what makes you feel good. Think of it like your personal sanctuary within your school walls. Jed Derryberry discussed this on the show in episode 75, but you can control and transform your classroom into a place where you genuinely want to be. You get to decide that vibe. If you thrive in a calm and zen environment start incorporating some elements that resonate with that vibe. Maybe it's adding some greenery with some plants to make, you know, nature and tranquility and all that junk. Or maybe it's just playing soft and soothing music that sets the tone for that peaceful learning environment. Or maybe it's bright, energizing colors. That's where you can get to regain some of that control and you can divide maybe your classroom up into some functional zones. You can have a designated area for reading or group work or individual study. Places where you feel calm and organized, but it's going to also help your students understand how the space is used and promotes that as well. Thirdly, is organization. Now, this may sound like a duh, but having an organized classroom all the way down to how you organize your digital files, that can significantly reduce stress. Marie Kondo obviously has this down to a science, but she said it in her book, Joy at Work. A messy environment taxes the brain. When surrounded by clutter, our brains are so busy registering all the things around us that we can't focus on what we should be doing in the moment, such as tackling the work on our desk or communicating with other people. We feel distracted. We feel stressed. We feel anxious. And our decision-making ability is impaired. And so you have control over how you organize. When everything has its place, you're going to spend less time searching for those materials, for those papers, for those resources, and more time focusing on teaching On that priority that we talked about that you have control over. Organization isn't just about physical order. It also really extends to that mental clarity. So when your classroom and your materials and your teaching plans, they're well organized, you free up that mental space to focus on teaching rather than constantly worrying about what needs to be done. Okay? You have the control to say, this is how I'm going to organize. And if it's not working, you can switch it up, okay? Marie Kondo also said, by organizing your work, you've given yourself a gift that goes far beyond a tidy desk or an orderly calendar or a clean inbox. You've taken back some of the control of your work life. You can do something different to make your organization method work best for you. So many teachers struggle with especially digital organization. So if you haven't listened to episode 62, that's another one to really get under your belt because Lisa McCarg and I chat all things digital organization. But for those of you who are part of the Automate Your Classroom program, she's also doing an exclusive workshop that we will have live inside your portal. So be on the lookout for that coming in December. And if you aren't a part of the program, highly recommend you get on the wait list now before the doors open in a couple of weeks for the last time in 2023. And the last two, I've kind of, I've kind of grouped these together. But above all else, if you want to create a meaningful, lasting change in your job satisfaction, the best place to begin taking control is with your thought patterns and your attitude. With so many things out of our control as teachers, it is paramount that we start to control and take charge of our mindset the way that we think, how we perceive things, the way that we choose to respond. So that last one is behavior, okay? And I group these together because our thoughts, our opinions, and our ideas about things, those have a huge impact on our actions, whether we react calmly or whether we feel anxious and upset. And ultimately, if we take action to quote unquote fix it, okay? If our perception and how we view the things that are happening are in a negative light, our stress reaction will automatically be triggered. When we choose to define stress as something that happens to us, We are giving away our power to handle it effectively. We are giving away our control. We're allowing the situation to steal our agency. And I know this is going to tick some people off, but I wouldn't say it if it were not absolutely true and a key piece in actually systemizing and simplifying to reduce your stress in the classroom. Your circumstances can certainly make teaching way harder than it has to be, but your mindset, that is ultimately the reason why you hate teaching or you love it. And so I love how in last week's episode with Amy Shamberg she said self-care by subtraction because that's exactly what's going to transform your mindset. People want to overcomplicate it, but we do our best when we can let go of what is not serving us so that we can be a better teacher and a better person because we already are. I want you to think about a time when you are most proud of yourself as a teacher. Just do this really quick before you get pissed off at me, (laughs) because I'm being a little bit of Mama Brittany right now. But think back to a moment where you were super proud of yourself as a teacher. I can guarantee you that it had nothing to do with your to do list. It didn't have to do with a standardized test, it did not have to do with getting all of your paperwork completed. I can almost guarantee you that you were just Fully present and authentically you. You can let go of some of those things that are holding you back, those ideas about being a good teacher or the pressure of dealing with crazy kids or crazy parents or crazy co workers or crazy expectations. Because at the end of the day, you control your mindset by just shifting one thought at a time. Your thoughts. Are what make up your mindset your mindset influences your feelings and your emotions and then that impacts your actions which become your behavioral patterns and so how you are dealing with teaching right now. That's all directly related to the thoughts that you allow to continue. And so I couldn't possibly begin this next series without touching on mindset and shifting our locus of control to be more internal versus external because that is what is going to make all the difference in actually taking action to reduce your overall impact of stress. We cannot take action when we don't feel somewhat in control, and you have more control to combat this disillusionment phase than you realize. The truth is nothing's going to change until we empower ourselves to say, I can control me. I think I needed to hear that before. I needed someone to say, no one's going to come save you. You have to do that. And one thing I need you to know about me is that I never share anything or teach anything that I either haven't had to do or haven't done with success or share any challenges that I actually haven't had myself. Okay? Very rarely do people take action when they don't regain their control. And I want to remind you that you have control over things, even when it feels like you don't. Like, I said, this is a pre-series episode. In the coming episodes, we're going to look at ways that we can reduce that overwhelm and those constant to-dos by systemizing, by simplifying, and by automating. I'm going to be sharing tons of resources that you are definitely not going to want to miss out on. So make sure that you are following along on your favorite pod player to get notifications when these new episodes go live. I hope that you got some value out of this episode. I want you to walk away with at least one thing that you can think, okay, yeah, you know what? going to try to implement that. And if you have a teacher friend who you know is struggling or would get some value out of hearing this too, please do share this episode with them. Grab the link, send them a text, share it on your socials. I would absolutely love for them to take a listen as well. My goal is to help as many teachers as possible beat the burnout cycle and learn that they can live their best lives inside and outside of the classroom. Don't forget you are a resilient teacher. We are in this together. You've got this.